0: It's time now for Money Matters with the Lewis family, Doug, Linda, and Deborah. Owners of Lewis Financial Management, a Raleigh-based family-owned financial planning firm providing investment and financial planning advice since 1983. Doug and Deborah are certified financial planners, CFPs, who can answer any of your questions about investments, retirement planning, and estate planning. Why not call Doug, Linda, and Deborah right now at 919-860-9783 with your financial planning questions. That's 919-860-9783 now.
2: On News Radio 680 WPTF.
1: And I'm Doug Lewis, certified financial planner.
2: And I'm Deborah Lewis,
3: certified financial planner. And we're here to answer your questions for the next hour. Doug, Linda, there was an interesting article in USA Today which replicates two of our very re- recent clients um, who have come to us in the past uh, 12 months. And that's like, what do you do with the question of receiving a large inheritance? And that question is, Are you going to make the mistake that everybody else has tended to mistake to make, which is blowing it? Or are you going to do what's right?
1: Yeah. What would you do if you came into a large sum of money? What if that inheritance was associated with the loss of a loved one? So the article brought uh, to focus a woman by the name of Susan Rose, and she had to answer both of those questions. And the way she handled the newfound cash provides a lesson that many people can learn from as they deal with the aftermath of the passing of relatives or other life events that lead to a sudden inheritance.
2: This is Quite an interesting article. Rose, who is a professor from Elmhurst, Illinois, received a significant inheritance from her father's estate. And though her father passed away in 1993, the money didn't come all at once. Basically, they got a lump sum when her dad died. And then he also left them with a piece of land that they eventually sold later, many years later.
1: Sounds like it. Le- I can think of at least <laughs> two clients right now of ours, longtime clients who've been with us for the last 10, 15, 20 years or whatever. Same story exactly. This was Rose's situation.
3: Now, another portion of the inheritance came after Rose's mother passed away eight years ago. And for Rose, blowing the money on a quick thrill was never an option. She said, when you realize how hard... Folks in my parents' generation work for what they had. You feel more of an obligation. I have to be respectful of their sacrifice. So while receiving a large inheritance can seem like an end to money troubles, many people end up back in a financial hole.
1: So here's how she, Rose, turned her inheritance into a wealthier future for herself and for others. First thing she did, she consulted a professional certified financial planner. You know, it's one thing to manage a salary and a monthly budget, but Rose knew she didn't have the experience or the expertise necessary to make the most out of a large amount of cash. I'm an academic, she said. My husband's a musician, she said. Why would we try to do something that we were not trained to do? So she sought the help by hiring a financial advisor.
3: Call me, Deborah Lewis, certified financial planner at Lewis Financial Management. 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. Now, you're going to need to maintain your current lifestyle, and she knew this. She and her husband were making enough to sustain their daily lifestyle. They didn't use the extra money to live more lavishly. Instead, they invested the money so it could continue to grow and fund their big, biggest priorities. When money got tight, they reined in the spending— their mantra was, the money is off to the side for investment, and we'll live with the rest of it rest of it later.
1: So, you have to start somewhere. And what she did, she realized she's got to start with her needs. Now, neither Rose nor her husband, Robert, had been huge earners up to that point. So, they decided to focus first on their retirement. We were saving all along she said, but I don't think to the level we really thought we wanted to be. So this gave us a boost to to that uh, view. This was a boost that she realized they needed.
2: Isn't it true that there are a lot of folks that come to us, uh, a lot of <laughs> listeners that have the same thought that, you know, they've been diligently saving but maybe not to the level that they should, or they've been saving mostly in retirement and forgot about the personal portfolio. So true on both counts. And then there's folks who like, like
3: Ms. Rose who realize that once you do receive an inheritance, you want to spread that
2: wealth and you want to help others. Yes. She funded uh, college savings plans for two of her godchildren. And she also set up two scholarships at local universities And her, you know, she said that that money was a gift from my father who worked very, very hard and it helped me in my life. I thought, how do I think about helping some other folks move up the ladder as well?
1: Yeah, I think the crucial thing in looking at her situation and applying it to, uh, some of our listeners situations and our own clients that we know we've been down this road with is first of all, do nothing, do nothing at all. First, when that happens, that sudden inheritance, that big windfall, whatever it is, receiving that windfall can be an emotional experience and emotion leads to flawed thinking. I can think of several clients who came to us in the last 12 months who said emotionally they reacted They bought themselves an annuity, and then they came to us asking a second opinion, and they realized, oh my gosh, what have I done? I fell for a sales pitch. But the reason they fell for the sales pitch was it was emotions. It was flawed thinking.
2: Another, um, I'd like to just note that I, I commend her for seeking help by the use of a financial advisor. Because her advisor was able to help uh, Rose and her husband prioritize what their goals were for the future. That's right. And this is what we do in our practice is, you know, folks may inherit money or they may have gotten a large bonus or, you know, a, a, a salary increase because of a promotion. And then all of a sudden they're trying to figure out what should we do with this this excess?
1: I think the one complaint I've heard from clients that have come to us sometimes is we don't go fast enough. I think most people that come to us for their first appointment are shocked that we're not going to try and go ahead and sell them something. Instead, we want to go ahead and help them prioritize what are their goals, what are their objectives. We want to find out more. We want them to go slowly so that when we build a plan for them... It's done thoughtfully, and then we start helping them invest the money. And I think that uh, that is the proper way to approach it. Unfortunately, many people run into the opposite approach.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, we've all heard stories about people who win large amounts of money. I mean, for example, lottery winners or uh, professional athletes, whatever it is that causes you to have a large inheritance or a large lump sum of money to deal with, you can blow right through it in a couple of years. And the ones who don't, It's because they sit down and they do the planning, and I think this is key for everyone. If you'd like further information, call us at 919-872-7000, or go to our website, DougAndLinda.com. That's DougAndLinda.com. Let's take another caller, Doug.
1: Van, how can I help you this evening?
4: Hi, Doug. I have a quick question on some advice I recently got to stop funding an IRA and stop putting money into mutual funds and instead invest that in an insurance policy. I just wanted to see if that makes sense to you.
1: I know this is a very hard question, but by any chance, could that advice have come from an insurance agent? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I thought that might have come from. Yes. How old are you? I'm 46. 46 years old, married or single?
4: Married, spouse, 47.
1: Married, spouse, 47. Year income?
4: Combined, 95.
1: 95, 95000 income. Okay, I think I see where the guy was coming from.
4: We're putting $1,000 a month into our mutual funds and funding our IRAs even though we don't get a tax credit for those because we're both in defined pension plans and our employers.
1: All right, so you're putting $1,000 a month into mutual funds and you're funding your non-deductible IRAs. That's correct. All right. What does your investment portfolio look like?
4: Cash would be about 17000
1: Does that include CDs and savings and checking and money market accounts? Right. Okay. All right. What do we have in mutual funds? About thirty right now. 30000 in mutual funds. Anything else like real estate partnerships or equipment no, partnerships? None at all. Oil and gas partnerships? No. Any other investments? No. Now, your retirement plans?
4: I have about $100,000 in my employer's 403B as a nonprofit.
1: All right. Company. All right, it's a 403B plan.
4: And my wife has just a small amount. She is a new employer.
1: The insurance agent has recommended that you stop funding both the IRA and the mutual funds. Yes,
4: and put to the tune of about $16,000 in an insurance policy. What
1: kind of policy?
4: It looks like a whole life policy to me.
1: Do you have children?
4: Yeah, I have one son who's grown.
1: All right, son grown. What do you have right now in insurance?
4: Employment policy about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and a personal policy for fifty.
1: How much of the ninety-five is your income, and how much is hers?
4: Sixty-three month.
1: Sixty-three is 000. yours. What does it cost you to live?
4: Our home payment right now is five hundred and ten dollars a month. Nominal lifestyle, but we're not extravagant livers.
1: Well, no, wait a minute. Something doesn't make sense because if you if you're making ninety five thousand a year and the only thing you've accumulated is thirty thousand dollars in mutual funds and seventeen thousand in cash, you're blowing a lot of money somewhere.
4: That that's a that's a recent uh, increase, and we just recently started putting the thousand dollars a month.
1: All right. Well, so well, let me see if I can back into it then, okay. because obviously, if in other words, we got to find out what you what your what, what you're you're spending. If you if you're making 95,000, how much are you spending in taxes? Do you have any idea? Do you remember?
4: In taxes about uh, I'm on ballpark 10,000.
1: All right. So if we take 10,000 away from 95,000, that's 85,000. And if we take the 1,000 a month that you are now setting aside, that's 12,000. Uh-huh. I mean, that means you're spending 73,000 a year in your lifestyle. That,
4: that can't be. But those are your
1: numbers. That you're telling me.
4: I'm going to run into my file and get my income back. And if
1: I say how much that monthly, that's 6000 a month. Yeah, we're not spending that.
3: This is Deborah Lewis, certified financial planner at Lewis Financial Management. Our number at the office is 919 872 7000. Call me at 919 872 7000.
1: The reason this is uh, did Jeff leave the did Vance leave the phone? No. Nope. All right. No, the reason this is crucial, Van, is that if your lifestyle is high, your wife would have a severe problem without your income. Right. And a good insurance agent, who's not you know just trying to generate a nice commission for him or herself, should look at that. What your question really should be is how do I do a needs analysis. Mm. A needs analysis is the most crucial issue in determining insurance. Now, I don't like insurance generally. To me, insurance is a necessary evil. On the other hand, I cannot tell you how uh, concerned I would be if I thought that I died and Linda did not have some way to support herself. And I have had clients come to me in situations like that where the widow is in a desperate situation. So we have to do an insurance needs analysis first, and that's going to start with the living expenses.
4: Okay, I just pulled out my income tax return. I uh, had uh, fourteen thousand federal and six state.
1: All right, so we're gonna—that's twenty thousand. All right, we take twenty thousand off of ninety-five, and that's seventy-five thousand. Uh-huh. We take our seventy-five thousand, we subtract the twelve that thousand you're putting aside now. That means you're spending sixty-three thousand a year. Let's see. Divided by twelve, that's about five thousand two hundred a month. Uh huh. Now. And there's nothing wrong with really trying to call a spade a spade. Yeah. If indeed that's your lifestyle, now we got to go and say, what happens to poor beloved if I'm gone? Exactly. All right. Well, if her need is going to be, uh, you know, 60000 then the simplest way and the safest way to factor this in is you say, all right, divide that number by 7%. That's the one I generally will use. Uh-huh. Okay. That means $900,000. Would go ahead. Well, there's one thing you could factor in. You could say that her income could continue. She could keep working if she wanted she to. Will. All right. Then you would take the uh the sixty-two thousand, or whatever that number was, and subtract her thirty-two thousand, and now you only have thirty thousand left. That's got to come from somewhere. Divide that number by seven percent, and that's four hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars of an insurance need. What we've just said is that if she were to, if you were to die. And there was four hundred and twenty-eight thousand dollars of insurance, and she called a decent financial planner and said, How can I invest this money to produce for me income? He could come up with about thirty thousand additional income off of that portfolio. Mm-hmm. And then that thirty thousand plus her thirty-two would meet a sixty-two thousand dollar need. And then you subtract your present insurance that you've got. How much of that four twenty-eight would be available to her? You see what I'm saying? Exactly. If you've got two hundred. Then you're about two hundred and twenty thousand dollars shy. Uh-huh. So the first thing is how mu- you've answered the question just now. How much insurance do you need using those numbers and that type of formula approach? You need another two hundred thousand dollars of insurance. Now then, the question would be what kind of insurance? I would say get the cheapest you can. That sounds that
4: sounds like a more reasonable plan.
1: And the cheapest type of insurance I could think you could get is what's called level term insurance, a ten year. You can at your age you can probably even get a. If you might even get a 20-year level term. Now there is a risk to that, uh-huh. and the risk is that if you don't accumulate enough through your investments, gotcha, during that 15-year period, at the end of that period, because the insurance will cover her during that period, but at the end of that period, the premium on that insurance is going to go up so high that you've you, you you've made you've made it impossible for her to continue, or for y'all to continue, rather, the insurance premiums.
4: Gotcha.
1: So what you're doing is you're making sure that you're going to be able to self-insure at a certain point when you will need no insurance. Mm -hmm. And that's the way to approach it. I don't like the fact, and I'm just like you, I don't like the fact that all you've got is $30,000 accumulated in non-qualified monies. The point is that that's the process you go through to come down to the need.
4: You have helped a tremendous amount just by going through that very simple formula.
1: (laughs) Good for you.
2: (laughs) And certainly, Van, if you'd like any other information, call me at the office, and that's here in Raleigh at 919-872-7000. That's USA 7000.
4: Great. Thank you, Linda and Doug. I appreciate it very much. Thank you, Van. All right. Good night.
1: You know, I think when we think about writing financial plans and meeting with financial planners, the key word in a quality financial plan should be comprehensive.
3: Absolutely. If you're worried about your financial future, having a plan and a planner goes beyond just investment advice, and it covers aspects like how do I get growth? and income from our retirement portfolio. You know, if you've talked to friends about their investment guys, or if you stay up on market news, by now you've likely realized that all financial professionals are not created equal.
1: Yeah, the services they offer and the services we offer and how we go about getting you to achieve your goals can vary widely. It seems that many, including many of The people who actually have programs on WPTF in this industry, for many of them, it's all about investment products. They'll make recommendations. They'll help you purchase the financial investments that you hope will make your money grow. But that's it. That's all.
3: And that would be fine if that's all you're looking for. But most of you are looking for much more. So, those financial professionals who offer comprehensive financial planning, like us, Doug Lewis, Deborah Lewis at Lewis Financial Management, will do more than that. For us, it's about being available to offer advice on every aspect of your financial life. And beyond that, really, we'll look at your expectations, your motivations, and what you hope to accomplish with your wealth.
1: Deborah, give us an example of what are some of the other types of advice that a client is going to get other than just on their investments if they come to see us at Lewis Financial Management?
3: Well, I can think, let's see, just this past week, one uh, couple came to me um, just wanting to know how to get a handle on their cash flow planning.
1: Cash flow planning. That's what many people call budget planning, cash flow Absolutely. planning. Absolutely. What's another advice that we will give people?
3: Oh, Do I have enough insurance or not? Can you analyze what I own and what I perhaps need to own to cover my uh, family's needs in case I were to pass
1: away? Yeah. What else, Linda? What other kinds of advice? Um, A a lot of folks have questions about taxes. Income tax planning. We will give you advice on your income taxes.
2: Another thing that is popular is
3: when uh, someone is thinking about, well, end of life means estate planning. Do I have all my documents? Do I want to leave a memorial fund for uh, my wife or husband who passed away before me? How do I take care of my children and make sure that their wealth doesn't uh, get spent
1: And what kind of trust can we help them design, trust or trusts that they might need for their estate plan?
3: Big, big questions. And it's important to understand what your wealth means to you and how you got to where you are today. And in that process, it's not just products. Matter of fact, it's very rarely just products that put you on track to getting where you want to be. You have to have a focus on several specific things. The first thing, Linda, I would say is creating and implementing a customized plan. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Call to make an appointment with Deborah Lewis, certified financial planner of Lewis Financial Management. Call 919 872 7000 or visit our
2: website, dougandlinda.com. Whatever stage you're at in life, a financial advisor with a comprehensive approach. We'll meet you there. We'll build a financial plan that's going to address your dreams and your goals, but also the concerns that might be keeping you up at night. And while they may need some tweaking, the strategies in that well-written plan are designed to take you to and through retirement. And there should be ongoing communication. Once we've written your
3: plan, we will send monthly current statuses and have
2: annual reviews. You have to stay up on what's happened. Comprehensive management. That's what we do at Lewis Financial Management. It's easy to let your financial life become segmented among your assets, your liabilities, your family's needs, your business obligations, your tax consequences, etc. But comprehensive planning takes it all into consideration, working to help you attain and also to sustain your financial goals.
1: And there's that key word, comprehensive, Linda. Helping with Social Security and Medicare, it's a big question in people's minds. It's not a coincidence that the things pre-retirees and retirees say they worry most about Including medical and long term care costs, changes to Social Security, Medicare funding, debt, low returns on safer investments, running out of money in retirement. These are all matters that a good certified financial planner like you, Deborah, like myself, this is what we cover in a comprehensive written retirement plan and during regular client visits and meetings at the offices.
3: And that's right. And that's what I think why clients stay with us for, you know, decade after decade. They they, they know and value that uh, ongoing comprehensive advice. And savers who know that they bear most of the responsibility of their own financial security due to the decrease in defined benefit pensions and the rise of defined contribution plans. So, yes, the the pension went away and the 401k came in to take its place, but you need help on how to invest that 401k. Right. If it's your responsibility, you need to meet with someone. Give us a call this week, 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000.
1: And if you do call this week, we will be sure when you meet with us to offer you one of three free books, either The Wealthy Barber or Middle Class Millionaire or Simple Wealth, Inevitable Wealth. And, of course, if you want to see who we are before you come, make sure you go to our website, dougandlinda.com. That's dougandlinda.com. Now, in this process, of course, you want to always be keeping your financial plan flexible enough to last a lifetime. As certified financial planners, we're dedicated... helping clients achieve their retirement goals and constantly exploring what's out there, keeping an eye on the future about what concerns are relevant to you and what can be done about them.
3: The goal is to design a plan flexible enough to deal with our fast-changing global economy and then any transitions in your own personal life. Yet, we want this plan to be strong enough to keep you on course through the highs and the lows in both worlds. You know, confidence keeps people from making unintelligent decisions. It's also just imperative to look for someone who has a clear process
2: for how you can get to your desired end result. It's really a journey we go on investigating what your cash flow is, what your expenses are, what your needs are and will be in the future, how much you're hoping to save, and how much you're willing to lose. That way, At the end of the day, your financial strategy is sound and you feel comfortable with the plan that we put together.
1: So it's comprehensive. That's what it's all about. A plan needs to be comprehensive. And it's important to note that you don't have to wait until you're right on top of retirement to put your comprehensive plan in place. It's never too early to start. This is what we do. Call us at the office, 919 872-7000, 872 that's 919 and we will get you on track to begin your road to financial independence and financial freedom for yourselves.
2: Doug, Deborah, it's always exciting when listeners come to us that have made the big leap, so to speak, and realize that this is what they've been looking for. Someone that can give them comprehensive financial planning, and um, there's a certain expertise and experience that certified financial planners provide. That is true. I mean, it's an educational
3: designation. You have definitely share. Um, yeah, share with the, oh, our sure. listeners a little bit about that. Deborah sure, and Doug. So, um, so to to achieve your certified financial planner's designation, it is a usually you know, plus or minus a two-year study program uh, to where you are learning the fundamentals of, I would say, 10 to 12 different areas of comprehensive financial planning, focusing then on being able to pass a test that would allow you to hold this credential. Once you pass that test, which is a very long pass or fail two-day exam, after that exam is passed, you then must complete three years of experience working directly for a certified financial planner.
1: Many years ago, in the early days of my profession, when clients would come, they would ask me, well, are you what we call like a generalist that you know a little bit about a lot of things? And I had to explain, no, a generalist is one thing. A multidisciplined expert is what we are. Those courses that you're talking about, Deborah, for example, uh, there may be a necessity of 150 study hours in taxation. And that course exam on taxation is necessary to move to the next one, which may be another 150 hours of study on cash flow planning. And then that set of exams that cover that get you to where you go into a state studying all the wills and the trust and the different types of trust and everything. And, uh, that's another 150 hours. And then the exam there until you know, a lot of, uh, of how these aspects of cash flow planning interact with income tax planning and interact with estate planning.
3: Absolutely. Because in real life, everything is integrated. If, If you are making so much money that you don't spend all of your monthly income and setting it aside, then you are in a small, small, small group of people. Most of us decide to save and therefore invest by taking a percentage of our income, knowing that if we do it outside of the retirement plan, it's after-tax dollars. Inside the retirement plan, it's pre-tax dollars. Every step of your financial life is an integrated lattice
1: work. And then, of course, as you say, the retirement planning module itself 150 hours of different retirement plans, 401Ks, 403Bs, profit-sharing plans, pension plans, defined benefit contribution plans. SEP IRA plans, all the different retirement. The old Kios, you have to know about everything. (laughs) Uh, And then how you can accidentally run into problems hitting UBTI taxation issues if you do it wrong inside of one. All of these areas are part of what's in the study program to become a certified financial planner. But then comes, as you said, Deborah, three years of understudy work as a CFP.
3: Yes. You must, you must work directly for a certified financial planner to be able to then use the designation.
2: So financial planning isn't just investments, right? <laughs> no, it's, it's such a, it's, it's just one of Multi, very many topics. That's
3: right. Exactly.
2: Uh, well, but thank you, know,
3: you. Oh, thank, you know, I think everyone wants to know what a certified financial planner is. This is Deborah Lewis of Lewis Financial Management. Call us at 919-872-7000 to speak about your situation and to set up an appointment. 919 872 7000. Let's take
4: the next caller.
1: Randy, this is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner. How can I help you?
4: Right now, I am maxing out what the government allows me to put in my 401k. I also have an IRA from a previous job and a rollover. Can you still contribute to the IRA post tax dollars on an annual basis? And do you think
1: that's a good idea? If you've got an IRA rollover, then you have an IRA. And your question is, can you contribute to it on an after-tax basis? Technically, as a rollover IRA, you cannot, but you can convert that rollover IRA to a combined IRA, and then you can contribute. Okay. You can contribute, of course, and get no tax deduction. Right. So the question is, do I advise it? Yes. No, I don't advise doing that any more than I would advise diving into a swimming pool with no water in it. Okay. I'm not exactly sure what you think you'd be achieving by doing that.
5: Like so I'm I maxed out the 401k, but if, if I
4: have additional disposable income or investment income that I can put into a tax deferred growing vehicle for my retirement.
1: How much is your income right now?
4: Uh, about a 125 to 135,000.
1: All right. And how old are you? I'm 33. 33 years old, 125 to 135 and are you married or single? Engaged. Alright, you don't are you not supporting any children from a previous marriage? No, I am not. Is your fiance going to be working after you get married? Yes. What does the rest of your investment portfolio look like?
4: Oh, I'm diversified into individual stocks, several mutual funds.
1: How uh, much do you have in non retirement investments?
4: Hundred and fifty.
1: Hundred and fifty thousand and you're spread over individual stocks and mutual funds?
4: Individual stocks and stock mutual funds.
1: Do you have anything in real estate investment trusts right now, REITs? I do not. Have you ever considered working with a certified financial planner to look at the entire situation?
4: Uh, No, I haven't. I've I've pretty much done a lot of this on my own.
1: Yeah, well, again, as I say, uh, a lot of people can dive into a swimming pool and afterwards find out that doing it on their own, there was no water in the pool. Right. So you may be at the point right now where you could use some professional advice, starting with... The living expense analysis, then the disposable income, and how to build. Because at age 33, you still have the ability to accumulate a fair amount. Right. You've got 150 thousand in personal investments right now, and your IRA rollover has how much? About 20 thousand. About 20 thousand, and your 401k has how much? About 75 thousand. 75 thousand. So if you do it right, together you've got about 250 thousand dollars now. You could accumulate several million dollars over your working life. I hope to. But on the other hand, I could see you walking into some severe areas of difficulty if you don't do it with professional help. Okay. And again, the REITs are wonderful investments. I think that if they're not part of your investment portfolio right now, you're probably missing something if you're already at the $200,000 limit. Right. Or level, rather. Mm -hmm. So I would say if you want to, either call my office, schedule an appointment to meet with us, or Mm -hmm. we can give you a list of other certified financial planners that could go ahead and work on a fee basis for you, where no one's trying to sell you something, but where you're actually paying for advice on how to approach the entire thing to make sure that you grow the way you can
5: grow.
2: Yeah, call our office, Randy. The number in Raleigh is eight seven two seven thousand. Okay. That's USA 7000.
5: Okay, well, I'll uh, give you folks a call this week then.
2: Very good, and thanks for calling. Thanks for your T- help. Take care now. Well, Doug, Deborah, what else is new in the world of retirement planning? Well, I would say that
3: in the world of retirement planning, you really have to start thinking about your money because the paycheck ends and you've got to start paying yourself. So to make planning simple, you, you want to divide your financial life into three parts, your retirement financial life, that is. There's an emergency fund, and then there's income sources, and then there are things you're going to own for growth. And if you're nearing retirement or if you're at retirement, you've likely become accustomed to all those ups and downs of saving and investing, and you've no doubt watched your retirement accounts grow and shrink a few times over the years. But hopefully, you've learned to stay calm and stay the course.
1: But maybe with retirement looming and so many decisions to be made, everything seems to get more complicated The options for saving and investing keep increasing. Dealing with your money suddenly can become overwhelming and scary. But if you stick to the basics, it doesn't have to be. Just think of your retirement money as being divided into three different worlds.
3: So the first one would be emergency fund. The emergency fund is where there's a lot less risk associated with that money that's been set aside. And it should also be very easy to access. It isn't for your everyday expenses, though. It's there to act as a safety net to be used when you need it for a new car or a leaky roof or some other unexpected obligation during your retirement years.
1: So that's the first of the three different worlds. And the second of the three different worlds, Linda's what?
2: It's your income. You're going to use this money to cover your month-to-month expenses while you're in retirement. It will include your Social Security benefits, your pension, if you have one, and any other tools that you decide to use, Uh, for example, possibly a real estate investment trust or other alternative financial vehicles, so that you will have different sources of income. And also, some people have rental income, right? Right.
3: They do. There's lots of different things that might be coming in in your world that you would associate as just income producers. But keep in mind that over time, the amount of income you pay yourself will be affected by taxes and inflation, so you need to plan accordingly. If you decide you'll need 5000 net each month, you may want to plan for 6000 to come in as income. Your income world won't be as protected as your emergency fund world, But it should have volatility and it should have a little bit of limited volatility, but not much, because this is the money you're going to have to live on for the rest of your life once those paychecks stops. This is Deborah Lewis of Lewis Financial Management. Call us at 919-872-7000 to speak about your situation and to set up an appointment. 919-872-7000.
1: So we've got two of those worlds, the emergency fund world, the income world, and of course, what is is the third world. The third world is growth. This is the money that you'll keep in the market long-term. It does have more risk attached to it. You'll need help knowing where to invest. You'll need help knowing who's managing the money. What's the expected return over Periods of time, acceptable periods of time, I would say you should always look at, uh, when evaluating money managers, look at a 10- or 15-year time frame so that includes the crash. The challenge, of course, is in deciding the proper amounts to devote to each of these three worlds. The mix will be different for each individual, so it's important to strike the appropriate balance that meets your individual needs, and that's where a certified financial planner comes in. That's what we will be recommending for you.
3: Now, you know, Doug, we might want to take an example here. All right. Let's say you have a million dollars that you've accumulated over the past 25 years that you and your wife have been working. So you have a million dollars of personal investments and retirement account investments. And if you were to decide that 20000 would cover your emergency fund because you're expecting 40000 to come in from both of your Social Security incomes, you still need to know how to invest this million dollar, invest these two pots of money that, you, that total a million dollars. Well, first of all, you're going to need to reposition that $1 million of investments into portfolios. And then these portfolios need to do two things. They need to create growth and they need to create income. So if we're taking a hypothetical portfolio okay. of a million dollars, let's say that you needed um, income from both of those sources. You might put 250,000 on the income side and to and 750,000 on the growth side of the investment portfolios. And really the reason you're doing this is you're expecting monthly social security income of plus or minus 3,500. Okay. You can get 1,000 or 1300 from, let's say, REITs or alternative investments. Okay. And then that remaining 1200 you could get from your growth investments. And therein, you've been able to recreate that hypothetical need of $6,000 a month.
1: Yeah, you'll have your emergency fund and you'll have your income set so you can take a little more risk with your growth money and hopefully not disrupt your plan. You hope you won't land in a position where you'll have to sell off if you don't want to, It's meant for the long term. So many people come to our office for the first time with a plan that leans one way or the other. For some, it's way too conservative. All their money is sitting in safe cash accounts. For others, it's way too aggressive. Invested in stocks for someone close to retirement.
3: And you know, with a recent couple that we met with, they were way too concerned about taxes on current income instead of looking forward to the future.
1: Yes. Yes. Being looking through the spectacles of uh, taxes only and not understanding that you don't let the tax tail wag the investment dog. The investments should be the first focus
3: to get you to retirement planning. And that's why it's important to work with the right financial professional, someone who has the tools and the ability to help you build a plan with the proper strategies that can help you feel confident in your financial strategy. Working with us, my father, Doug Lewis, myself, Deborah Lewis, at Lewis Financial Management, we will help you work toward your retirement goals with fewer complications,
2: a lot less stress, and a lot less risks. Call us this week to make a face-to-face appointment at Lewis Financial Management. Our number in Raleigh is 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. And... Whatever your questions are, write them down. Um, And whatever concerns you may have, whether it's inheritance, uh, maybe you're going through a recent divorce, maybe you have a spouse who has early stages of dementia or Alzheimer's and you're concerned, how do you look to the future? You know, it's uh, many times when spouses have, uh, well, couples have come in, one spouse seems to be a little bit more savvy on the financial issues than the other. Well,
3: it tends to be a division of labor. Someone will take care of the kids more than the other, and someone will take care of the finances
2: more than the other. Yeah, somebody writes the checks, and somebody <laughs> is trying to figure <laughs> How where to should up- our investments go. That's right. But what we do is we try to assist um, our clients in looking at their situation from a comprehensive viewpoint and... Because one spouse may have uh, concerns about the investments. Another spouse may have concerns about estate planning. And a lot of folks, well, they just plain procrastinate, don't they?
1: That's probably the most common hindrance to financial independence and financial freedom is procrastination. I'm thinking so often of the ones who are land rich and cash poor, they have huge amounts of real estate holdings, which on the pay, on the financial statement looks like they're very wealthy, and they're trying to figure out how to make ends meet. But when they come to see us, we will solve your problems. This is Deborah Lewis.
3: Our number at the office is
2: 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. Well, Doug, Deborah, what else is new in the world of retirement planning? Well, I would say
3: that in the world of retirement planning, you you really have to start thinking about your money because the paycheck ends and you've got to start paying yourself. So to make planning simple, you, you want to divide your financial life into three parts, your retirement financial life, that is. There's an emergency fund, and then there's income sources, and then there are things you're going to own for growth. And if you're nearing retirement, or if you're at retirement, you've likely become accustomed to all those ups and downs of saving and investing, and you've no doubt watched your retirement accounts grow and shrink a few times over the years. But hopefully, you've learned to stay calm and stay the course.
1: But maybe with retirement looming and so many decisions to be made, everything seems to get more complicated The options for saving and investing keep increasing. Dealing with your money suddenly can become overwhelming and scary. But if you stick to the basics, it doesn't have to be. Just think of your retirement money as being divided into three different worlds.
3: So the first one would be emergency fund. The emergency fund is where there's a lot less risk associated with that money that's been set aside. And it should also be very easy to access. It isn't for your everyday expenses, though. It's there to act as a safety net to be used when you need it for a new car or a leaky roof or some other unexpected obligation during your retirement years.
1: So that's the first of the three different worlds. And the second of the three different worlds, Linda's what?
2: It's your income. You're going to use this money to cover your month-to-month expenses while you're in retirement. It will include your Social Security benefits, your pension, if you have one, and any other tools that you decide to use, Uh, for example, possibly a real estate investment trust or other alternative financial vehicles, so that you will have different sources of income. And also, some people have rental income, right? Right.
3: They do. There's lots of different things that might be coming in in your world that you would associate as just income producers. But keep in mind that over time, the amount of income you pay yourself will be affected by taxes and inflation, so you need to plan accordingly. If you decide you'll need 5000 net each month, you may want to plan for 6000 to come in as income. Your income world won't be as protected as your emergency fund world, But it should have volatility, and it should have a little bit of limited volatility, but not much, because this is the money you're going to have to live on for the rest of your life once those paychecks stops. This is Deborah Lewis of Lewis Financial Management. Call us at 919-872-7000 to speak about your situation and to set up an appointment. 919-872-7000.
1: So we've got two of those worlds, the emergency fund world, the income world, and of course, what is... Is the third world. The third world is growth. This is the money that you'll keep in the market long term. It does have more risk attached to it. You'll need help knowing where to invest. You'll need help knowing who's managing the money, what's the expected return over? Periods of time, acceptable periods of time, I would say you should always look at, uh, when evaluating money managers, look at a 10- or 15-year time frame so that it includes the crash. The challenge, of course, is in deciding the proper amounts to devote to each of these three worlds. The mix will be different for each individual, so it's important to strike the appropriate balance that meets your individual needs, and that's where a certified financial planner comes in. That's what we will be recommending for you.
3: Now, you know, Doug, we might want to take an example here. All right. Let's say you have a million dollars that you've accumulated over the past 25 years that you and your wife have been working. So you have a million dollars of personal investments and retirement account investments. And if you were to decide that 20000 would cover your emergency fund because you're expecting 40000 to come in from both of your Social Security incomes, you still need to know how to invest this million dollar, invest these two pots of money that, you, that total a million dollars. Well, first of all, you're going to need to reposition that $1 million of investments into portfolios. And then these portfolios need to do two things. They need to create growth and they need to create income. So if we're taking a hypothetical portfolio okay. of a million dollars, let's say that you needed um, income from both of those sources. You might put 250000 on the income side and 750000 on the growth side of the investment portfolios. And really, the reason you're doing this is you're expecting monthly Social Security income of plus or 3500 Okay. You can get 1000 or 1300 from, let's say, REITs or Alternative Investments. Okay. And then that remaining 1200 you could get from your growth investments. And therein, you've been able to recreate that hypothetical need of $6,000 a month.
1: Yeah, you'll have your emergency fund and you'll have your income set so you can take a little more risk with your growth money and hopefully not disrupt your plan. You hope you won't land in a position where you'll have to sell off if you don't want to, It's meant for the long term. So many people come to our office for the first time with a plan that leans one way or the other. For some, it's way too conservative. All their money is sitting in safe cash accounts. For others, it's way too aggressive. Invested in stocks for someone close to retirement.
3: And, you know, with a recent couple that we met with, they were way too concerned about taxes on current income instead of looking forward to the future.
1: Yes. Yes. Being looking through the spectacles of uh, taxes only and not understanding that you don't let the tax tail wag the investment dog. The investments should be the first focus
3: to get you to retirement planning. And that's why it's important to work with the right financial professional, someone who has the tools and the ability to help you build a plan with the proper strategies that can help you feel confident in your financial strategy. Working with us, my father, Doug Lewis, myself, Deborah Lewis, at Lewis Financial Management, we will help you work toward your retirement goals with fewer complications,
2: a lot less stress, and a lot less risks. Call us this week to make a face-to-face appointment at Lewis Financial Management. Our number in Raleigh is 919 872 That's 919-USA-7000. And... Whatever your questions are, write them down. Um, And whatever concerns you may have, whether it's inheritance, uh, maybe you're going through a recent divorce, maybe you have a spouse who has early stages of dementia or Alzheimer's and you're concerned, how do you look to the future? You know, it's uh, many times when spouses have, uh, well, couples have come in, one spouse seems to be a little bit more savvy on the financial issues than the other. Well, it tends to be a division
3: of labor. Someone will take care of the kids more than
2: the other, and someone will take care of the finances more than the other. Yeah, somebody writes the checks, and somebody <laughs> is trying to figure where to pick should up our investments go. That's right. But what we do is we try to assist um, our clients in looking at their situation from a comprehensive viewpoint and... Because one spouse may have uh, concerns about the investments. Another spouse may have concerns about estate planning. And a lot of folks, well, they just plain procrastinate, don't they?
1: That's probably the most common hindrance to financial independence and financial freedom is procrastination. I'm thinking so often of the ones who are land rich and cash poor, they have huge amounts of real estate holdings which on the pay, on the financial statement looks like they're very wealthy and they're trying to figure out how to make ends meet. But when they come to see us, we will solve your problems. This is Deborah
3: Lewis. Our number at the office is 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. Okay, George. This is
1: Doug Lewis, certified hey, financial planner. How can I help you?
5: I'd like to get your opinion between the relatives. Merits of having funds in uh, one or more mutual funds or having funds under the management of a money manager.
1: All right. Tell me a little bit about your situation. There are different situations that I can recommend in different cases. Uh, how old are you, George? i 60. 60 years old. What's your income? Oh, none. No income. So you're living off of your investment income?
5: Well, you were plus retirement. All
1: right. Uh, well, you got retirement income. Right. Okay. How much is your retirement income?
5: About uh, four thousand.
1: All right. So you've got significant retirement income.
5: No, not significant. All
1: right. Well, that's. I mean, that's important. We got to get down to that point. All right. What are your living expenses?
5: Zero, except for the groceries. And
1: now, there's no such thing as if you can. Well, sh-
5: except for you know, uh, I don't have any debt.
1: Well, but I didn't ask you about debt. I wonder How much does it cost to keep you alive?
5: I I couldn't tell you. Maybe a thousand dollars a month.
1: Well if, well, if that's true, if all it takes is twelve thousand a year to support you, and you're making forty thousand. You got lots of money left over every month.
5: <laughs> you don't know my tax man.
1: All right. See, you got a problem. You're not telling me all the pieces before I can talk to you about the mutual funds and the money management. I got to know the pieces. You must be spending more than twelve thousand a year.
5: Well, I really don't know. Uh, I'm not an extravagant little. Most of the things I well, let me ask. Cost money.
1: <laughs> well, let me. Well, and, and nothing wrong with that. We just need to do some planning. Let me ask you this, for example. You're saying you got about forty thousand retirement income. Is that including Social Security? Yeah. All right. And are you spending almost all of it cl- once you've paid your taxes? No. no. You're not. All right. Uh, is your wife working or is your wife retired?
5: Oh uh, yeah.
1: All right. Uh, if you're telling me that you're not real tight, that that, that 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 your expenses are pretty much being covered by your retirement income, and you're not, and, and, and you still have something left over, then let's go to your assets now. What size assets are you talking about? How much? What do you have in different investments?
5: Well, they all uh, in in uh, deferred type investments, uh, 401ks and uh, IRAs.
1: How, how much bank. is in How much is in the 401k?
5: Oh, a couple hundred thousand.
1: A couple hundred thousand dollars, uh, and in the IRAs?
5: Oh, about another hundred.
1: All right, and the, where are the IRAs? it a bank?
5: Uh, no, they some of them in mutual funds. One or two of them at bank. Most of them in mutual.
1: Most of them in mutual funds, and the 401k. Is that still with your ex-employer? Yeah, you're right. All right.
5: And they handle that.
1: All right. Now you're thinking of doing what? You're thinking of taking this money away and giving Well, it? I
5: just really hadn't thought about doing anything. I just wanted some guidance on which way to start thinking.
1: All right. Let me tell you what you should do.
5: If
3: you hear something tonight that sounds like your situation, call us. Set up an appointment. We can help you. 919-872-7000.
1: 919-872-7000. First of all... You want, to fi- you want to find an independent trustee. And if you call my office, I'll give you the names of some independent trustees. But you want an independent...
5: Yeah, are they money managers?
1: No. Okay. This is a trustee. Right. The trustee simply reports to the Internal Revenue Service that you are not touching the principal so they don't tax you on the principal. Right. Then you want to take your 401k money, the 200000 there, and roll that over to the trustee and set up what's called an IRA rollover account. Right. You want to take the money away from the I uh, um any of the other trustees for the IRAs, the 100,000 and roll that over and now you have it all in one place under one trustee. Right. Now the question comes with that 300,000, how do you know do you go in and give it to a money fu- a a a money manager or a or a set of mutual fund managers. First thing you need to realize is a money manager I'm sorry, a mutual fund manager is a money manager. True. Yeah. That's exactly right. The only difference is he's generally handling a lot bigger amounts right. of money. Right. Some of the uh, m- mutual funds that I like, for example, the managers are handling anywhere from 4 to $6 billion of money. And what you're doing when you put your money into the hands uh, or into one of those pools, of course, you're spreading your risk over a lot more securities than if you give your money directly to a money manager. So usually, I think you can do better selecting different mutual fund managers and spreading your money amongst them than you can by trying to go directly to a money manager in your situation. Well,
5: some of these money managers charge as much as 3% per year. Well, that includes commissions for, for trade.
1: Well, actually, it doesn't. They're not allowed to take commissions. Uh, money managers can't legally take Well,
5: they they don't take it, but they have to pay them to someone to do their work.
1: Uh, yeah, they're, and and, and there are different ways. But, but that, and, and you're right, that's a fee. But it's not the fee that's my problem. I don't mind paying a guy for making his money. But my problem is that you cannot get very strong uh, uh, historical performances. It's okay if you're a really aggressive guy for the very aggressive individual who wants to go ahead and... Uh, you know, roll the dice with a money manager. Let's decide how much we'll put in high-risk money, and maybe give him twenty-five or fifty thousand dollars and let him play with it. Roll the dice. Uh But to me, that's not the most conservative way. Certainly for a man your age.
5: Well, uh, I see where you're coming from. I'll, I'll give you a call and we'll sit down and uh and and look at things a little more precisely.
2: That number is 872-7000. That's USA-7000. We're here in Raleigh, and we'll be happy to help you in any way we can.
1: Okay. Well, George, thank you for calling us this okay. evening.
2: Well, Doug, Deborah, um, I just wanted to say there's one other um, um, issue that certified financial planners work with our clients, that both of you know, in our practice, and that's um, charitable giving, working with uh, clients – that are interested in the 664 Trust. Absolutely, that's a big Um, deal. And earlier you mentioned, Doug, that some folks are land rich and cash poor. And sometimes clients and listeners have had the desire because they have an asset that is highly appreciated, like a farm or like a piece of property that maybe McDonald's wants to buy or something. And what can I do to, to enable this asset to provide more income or in retirement.
3: Well, really, or any income. So if, if we're talking about a piece of property that's hypothetically going to be sold to a corporation, we also don't want to lose a third of it to capital gains taxes. Right. I mean, that's usually the
1: first concern. Yeah, you're empty. It's a little late in the show to go down that road right now, Linda, but you're talking about the whole world of cruts and crats and scruts. And NIMCRUTs, and NICRUTs, and FLIPCRUTs, and I love these. These are all acronyms for the different uh, charitable remainder truts. That's a charitable remainder unit trust. That's a CRUT. Charitable remainder with a A makeup provision is a NIMCRUT. Uh, charitable remainder, annuity trust; those are crats. Uh Maybe on another show, we can really dive into those, but you're exactly right, Linda. It's a very misunderstood area, but it's a very powerful area. And if your certified financial planner isn't totally up to speed on all of those, then he is not bringing you all of the potential arrows that should be in his quiver.
3: Absolutely. Now, you know, another topical item is whether or not active management uh, versus passive management is the right one for you. And and, um, you know, I found it's a, a big debate. It today. really is. And I found an interesting article in The Wall Street Journal, and I thought we should at least bring it up again, because if you are considering active versus passive as if that's the right debate, that's the wrong debate. You you don't you don't need to know uh, whether or not you think active pa- management or passive management is right or wrong. You're usually asking what's right or wrong for me.
1: Yeah, but the active versus passive debate is flawed, Deborah. You can be highly active using index funds, and you can be very passive using active funds. Uh-huh. The most passive investor who never makes changes to his or her portfolio or process still must make a series of active decisions at the outset, including asset allocation, investment vehicles, asset location, and rebalancing rules. Even the act of doing nothing counts as an active decision.
3: Call me, Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner of Lewis Financial Management, 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. You know, that reminds me of the line out of a Rush song, if you make no decision, you've made a choice. And that's really what it boils down to. So what should investors focus on instead, Doug?
1: Ask yourself how your investing choices compare with those of others with regard to the following items. Low cost versus high cost. Low turnover versus high turnover. Rules-based versus forecast-based approach. When you fall on the right side of these comparisons, then you position yourself for better investment results. Active managers who have consistently had low cost, low turnover, invest. A million dollars or more of their own money have consistently outperformed passive managers. But you wouldn't understand, you wouldn't even know that if you read the general press because they're sounding like they're saying the opposite. But that's not true. On the other hand, you can't do this on your own. You do need a certified financial planner to help you.
3: You need to call us, Doug Lewis, Deborah Lewis at Lewis Financial Management, 919-872-7000. We can help you design an investment portfolio that is specific to your needs. That's what we do. So call us at 919-USA-7000 this week.
1: Now, in the world of charitable, Linda, you were mentioning all the charitable entities, but there's the big thing of the donor advised funds And if a person opened a donor advised fund in recent years, they're not alone, because we found out that 270,000 individual donor advised funds now hold close to $80 billion in assets, and the average account is at 235,000, according to a survey that I saw. So the big issue there of the donor advised funds uh, has a lot of aspects to it, but I would say... The most important thing is to understand where will those assets go when you're no longer able to make gifting decisions. You need to think about, number one, the organizations named as final donor-advised fund beneficiaries.
2: And it's a wonderful way to involve future generations in your family's charitable legacy.
3: So thank you for joining us tonight for Money Matters with the Lewis family, Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Join us each Saturday and Sunday night from 6 to 7 here on 680 WPTF. Call us this week at 919-872-7000. And remember, your money matters because your financial future is at stake have a
0: great week. You've been listening to Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, you can call Doug, Linda, or Deborah in Raleigh at 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. Or go to DougAndLinda.com and listen again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for more Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis on News Radio 680 WPTF.